You are now listening to Dragger Beats. Yo, what up, everybody? This is your boy Dragger Beats, aka Dbot, aka Donald Paz. Another episode on there's this podcast, a random feed full of random things. Today, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about this、uh, beat tape I just put out. Um, it's interesting how this came together. So, obviously, for those that don't know, I've been a music producer since after high school, which I graduated in 2005. And I kind of stumbled upon this whole music making thing via friends,、uh, which is kind of like anything in life, right? You, you, you kind of do whatever your circle of friends wants to do. And the thing is that, like, my circle of friends, Were rappers and DJs. And the reason why I wanted to make beats was because there was no beat man.、Um, I had friends that were mostly rappers and DJs. They either had turntables or they had notebooks filled with rhymes. And I kind of wanted to step in and kind of fill in on a role that I just felt、uh, wasn't being fulfilled, right? Looking for beats, finding beats, things like that. I just thought, like, why don't I just make beats? Recently, I was listening to the Cheat Codes podcast. And、uh, that podcast is really insightful and it's really short to listen to. It's like about 20 minutes per episode. But that podcast goes into what the music industry kind of requires out of people that make music. And whether you call it content creation or music art,、um, what have you, I think that regardless of the labeling, it's more about the mentality. And I like that the podcast really explores about what, the, what it takes, what, what, what the mentality requirement is to be able to do this full time or to be able to at least monetize it, you know, in a way where your art, your music, your content、um, is, is fulfilling you, right? In terms of like financially fulfilling you. I think if it wasn't for money, we'd be doing this all the time, right?、Um, but Unfortunately, like many people that work in music independently, like、um, we have to get day jobs in order to be able to kind of you know, fund the dream, which is to be full time into music. And、um, I don't know if it's because now, as a podcast engineer, someone who makes his podcasts, someone who wakes up every morning and can open up Pro Tools confidently. Knowing that I'm going to get paid for this, something about that has made me become very reflective as to the amount of time it took to get to where I'm at. My day job doesn't really pay me to make music,、um, they pay me to mix podcasts. But because of that, it's, it's allowed me to, to kind of dabble into music production as well and, and hone it and grow in it. So, obviously, that's not everybody's story. Um, I have friends who are still working day jobs and still making music on the side.、Um, some of them are hobbyists, and, and that's great. Like people that, like, to them, it's therapy to make music. And I think that, that's awesome.、Um, I think good music is good music. And、um, at the bottom line, is even though we want this to be the full time thing that feeds us,、um, the bottom line is that nobody really, I guess, not to sound rude, but like no one really cares whether. This is something that's feeding you or not. I think what people care about is is the music good?、Um, and is, is the music something that's worth sharing and letting people know about? And I think that's kind of what, what it all means to make music、um, in general. And then you got the superstars like your Drake's or Billie Eilish's that you know, kind of go on and, and, and become very demanding. And 
at least that's what I'm getting as far as from the podcast, the cheat codes. I know I've been promoting it a lot. Um, definitely check it out if you're into the music uh, scene. So back in 2005, when I was graduating, I was making beats with my friends, trying to get something going. Um, shout out to Hector, Billy, and Peter. Um, they were starting a collective called Studio Pad Recordings, right? And this is 2006, where you kind of had an idea of like, what if you were to build an indie label, right? At the time, I think, you know, the uh, the template was like Stone Throws Records and Rhyme Sayers Entertainment and trying to do something along the lines of that, you know, LA-based underground rap music. I think for the most part, we had a lot of fun, especially because we were just out of high school going into college and everybody was going to college in different places. Like Billy went up north, Hector went to San Diego, I stayed in LA and, um, you know, Peter was based in LA as well. So like, it was interesting that like, you know, we try to kind of build something from that. Um, but, you know, for the most part, we had a lot of fun with it. We had friends who also were making music at the time and were having, they, everyone had their own collective. It's like, we had these little crews. And I think that um, it was really cool to see that. It was really cool to see people step up, wrap their crew. And um, you kind of felt like, you know what, like, um, it's it's really nice to do that. It's really nice to to be in this space where people are making music and sharing it, right? And this is still kind of towards the last couple of years of making music and burning it on a CD. I remember there was SoundClick. There was no SoundCloud. There was SoundClick. It was a different one. I remember because I had Sony Acid, which again, shout out to Peter. Peter was the one that like gave me a copy of Sony Acid back when it was like cracked versions of all the software. And um, he shot me the 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 software, and that's where I started making beats out of in Sony Acid. So a lot of the beats from this volume one of Reflections is Sony Acid. Actually, all three volumes of Reflections are going to be beats based off Sony Acid because it wasn't till 2016, uh, maybe a little bit before that. I think 20, 2013, 2014 is when I started dabbling into Ableton Live and then eventually making the switch once I bought the MacBook in around 2015, I want to say. Um, but before that, I was working on Sony Acid, and at the time, Acid, you know, it's still this day, it's still a PC-only program. It's not owned by Sony anymore, but, you know, it was a program that got me started. I know that at that at that time, it was Sony Acid, there was Fruity Loops, Pro Tools was always around, but at the time, I, I bought a copy of Pro Tools, especially uh, Pro Tools 8, and it just was not friendly to making beats, and I don't know, for some reason, I just never, I never really cared for it. Um, and now I'm really good at Pro Tools or good enough to, you know, make podcasts in and make some music in and make beats in. I actually have made some beats on Pro Tools this year, which I was really proud of. I'm, I'm really big on like trying to learn as many DAWs as I can. And yeah, so a lot of the beats you'll hear in Reflections Volume 1 are like the stuff that I first started out with. Like I think the first track is Reggaetoni, which is a uh, reggaeton inspired track. I did that because I love reggaeton music. I love when Gasolina came out and Daddy Yankee blew up. And then, you know, Dale Don Dale with Don Omar and kind of a lot of stuff that's not considered like old school reggaeton. Um, I definitely loved it. So that's why when reggaeton was made, it was it was basically me trying to emulate something like that. Um, I knew that the Looney Tunes were using Fruity Loops. And I think that's why I dabbled the Fruity Loops a little bit, but it just couldn't get into it like that. 
but yeah like i i definitely did the whole <laughs> download a, a reggaeton drum kit and try to figure out how to like do the sounds and, and um, the rhythm of the beats like how to place everything on the two and the four and where the kicks go and where the other things go all the other ele elements and try to get some as much latin percussion as i can that was a big part of you know me building that beat The, the second beat after that was you fig which you know if you're a system of a down fan you'll you'll recognize a sample that beat was made uh thanks to my friend brandon out of high school at the time he gave me all this rock music um via like pc i don't know if you guys remember wma files um, but these were the files that, uh, like the default format that Windows would rip music from whenever you put a CD to rip uh, WMA. And uh, yeah, he gave me the System of Down albums. He gave me Linkin Park stuff. He gave me a bunch of different rock albums. That's where I really started loving rock bands um, because, you know, you would hear it and then you'd be like, man, this is really good just in terms of like just how it sounds. Understand the flow. A lot of the stuff from the 2006 to 2007 and eight era, a lot of that, if you if you really listen to it, is just like a lot of loop based music in terms of like um these were loops. Um, I know when you get Sony Acid when you buy it, they give you a, a loop pack, like a, la a pack of loops that you can use, and you basically could arrange it the way you want. So there were certain sounds that I took from these loops and then there's certain things that I put originally there, like the drum pro programming was all mine. And yeah, so uh, old school hyphy was my attempt at trying to make like hyphy style music. It's kind of funny looking back at it, like I'm, I'm listening to these beats and it's like I was really trying to go for a certain sound that um, you know, it was kind of like a style that I knew I knew I couldn't pull it off naturally. I needed the help of these pre-made loops that were designed for a certain genre. So um, old school hyphy, I think that was me downloading some hyphy drum kit and kind of trying to emulate the the bass, the synth bass sounds of a hyphy track. Um, you know, this was around the time the hyphy movement was taking off. This is E40, you know, um, my uh, my ghetto report card you know that was like a staple of the hyphy movement west coast writing was definitely a bunch of loops i found online that were like west coast based um that's why if you hear it it has all the elements of a west coast beat like a g-funk beat The, the high like piano stabs the high key piano stabs and just the way the drums hit like it's just a very kick snare kick snare kick snare and um they're pretty aggressive in how they come in so um that was that and then 
2010, I think, is where a lot of things changed for me. Um, that's when I met Tall Black Guy, and I and Tall Black Guy is the guy that taught me about how to sample properly on Sony Asset Pro because that's the that's the DAW he was using. I don't know if he's still using it. I think he still is, but at the time that that's that's how it was. Like I literally took a lesson from him on how to sample beats, and that's why if you notice when 2010 and on you'll hear that over the next two volumes that it's it's it sounds completely different and it's mainly because now i figured out how to chop samples to time how to chop samples to the key that i that i want them to be and how to layer the samples better and then all the drums were more like original drums that i i threw in myself like i programmed them myself these weren't drum loops anymore these were more just like drums that i programmed myself and that was super helpful um you know so no weakness way back when um way back when obviously if you know that sample that's a uh, you know ahmed uh back in the day you know back in the day when i was young and not a kid anymore but some days i said i wish i was a kid again doesn't know that song i remember growing up on that song back in 94 power 106 would be playing that on rotation a lot so that's what i had at that time um and then a fighter was rocky uh that 2010 2011 range of uh, those two years for sure like i started just getting songs left and right like sample to, to sample and i was trying to sample as many different things as i can so like a fighter is a rocky sample so i wanted to sample bill conti music um way back when i wanted to see if i could reflip a classic 90s kind of anthem you know about growing up in the hood and everything bella and breaking dreams um are a little bit are, are the two faster songs um bella was at 125 bpm which is a kind of more for a house beat. And Bella was really my attempt at making house music because I remember in that 20, 2009, 2010 range, that's I think when EDM scene started uh, taking off. So when EDM was coming in, um, obviously all these people started becoming DJs. All of a sudden, everybody was a CDJ. I was at the same time too, I met Joey Joe. I, uh, me and him were working at Starbucks at the time. Um, he goes by St. Joe now. And you know, he was really into the the house music scene so bella was pretty much things that i learned from him in terms of how to program a house beat like where the sweeps go where the drop goes and everything like how you layer the kicks how you layer the snares the hi-hats and then the only difference between this and like a kind of edm like kind of more of a what was that style back in the day? I know it was like a Dutch style. Dirty Dutch, right, was the name of the style. Dirty Dutch house music. Like the difference between that and, and what I was making with Bella was that Bella was like sample based. So Bella, the samples could have been chopped up into a hip hop beat and it would have been more of that boom bap that you would have heard on way back when. But I thought, what if I were to chop these samples and throw them into the temple of a house beat? How would that sound? And, you know, it kind of has more of like that soulful house feel, kind of a Chicago house, um, you know, or any any sort of house music that actually sampled like old records. Because I know there's some that exists out there, like, you know, Daft Punk stuff also sampled like old records. Um, so 
I always felt like, well, what if I were to do something like that? Like, could that exist, you know? And I know I did it and it's it's somewhat of an attempt. I know it doesn't hit as hard as like a as like a Dirty Dutch or anything, like a progressive house type track from like, you know, Swedish House Mafia or something. But, you know, that was my attempt. I was really trying to be as variable as I can with my style too. Like, like there was a signature sound that I like having, but I also like to dabble with different styles and try to see um, what 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 would I sound like in those styles, in those genres? So that's what I did. But most of the drums are kind of the same sounds. It's just how you program them are the only things that change. Like the way you program hip hop boom bap drums are completely different than trap drums nowadays. But yeah, that was pretty much it. And this was a uh, volume one. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. It, it was really cool seeing that. It was cool kind of taking a trip down memory lane and trying to see like what my stuff sounded like back then. Um, but yeah, shout out to the Cheat Codes podcast for kind of pushing me when I heard their episode about just making it happen. It's like, you shouldn't be talking about making this stuff happen. You should just be putting it out. Um, and also shout out to Wes Pendleton, the Flip Market, BEC. I know he has a bunch of different like um, entities out there because he's an entrepreneur now, like huge entrepreneur, which is great. Um, shout out to him because he, he, he put out a tweet on Twitter about like, you know, like, like what's holding you back from just putting stuff out from, from releasing things. And, and at the end of the day, these beats have been sitting in my hard drive for 16 years now. And they just be still sitting there. If, if I didn't decide to put them together and put the artwork and publish it on Bandcamp. Um, so if you love it, go ahead and download it. You know, I'll put the link in the bio. I mean, not in the bio, the link is in the bio, which is supposed to say when you market this stuff. Um, but the link will be in the description of the show notes for this podcast. And until next time, guys, I'll see if I do another episode with volume two information and try to see if I can uh, kind of guide you through that. Uh, other than that, thank you guys so much. Take care. Later. <laughs>